Welcome to the Live to Shoot Podcast. My name is Jeff Dowdle, and I've been a licensed firearm dealer for the last 14 years. In this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, as well as things going on in the political environment, and then I might throw in a sports story or something going on in my personal life. So today is Thursday, and we are talking about red flag laws. Now, this is starting to pop up on the radar more and more. If you remember, one of the executive orders that President Biden put out there was that the Justice Department would come with model legislation for states to use to create red flag laws. We have also had the Senate Bill 292 introduced by Senator Rubio, which is disappointing to me. That is around red flag laws. And also Representative Carbajal out of California just reissued his red flag law legislation into the House. And both of those laws actually give grants to states to help them fund red flag laws if they put them in place. But exactly, you know, what is a red flag law and where did they come from? So red flag laws are actually called extreme risk protection orders, ERPOs. And what are they? Well, the definition that the RAND Corp used in a study it did last April about the effectiveness of red flag laws, their definition of extreme risk protection orders are laws that are permitting temporary risk-based firearm removal. Such laws seek the removal of firearms from individuals whom a court deems unable to keep the weapon safely, but removal Petitions can be filed only against individuals who already possess firearms. ERPOs, in contrast, can be served against anyone regardless of current gun ownership and can block the subject of the order from purchasing firearms. However, available evidence suggests that both these types of laws are largely used in the same way, which is why they're both included in the ERPO definition. Now, currently, 19 states have enacted ERPOs, with Connecticut being the first in 1999. Now, there are a lot of problems with red flag laws, and that's what I want to talk about today. There's a really good article in, at fee.org by John Millimore, and he lines out what the problems are. And I'm going to be pulling all, most of this information from that article. I'll put a link into it in my, in the show notes. So, problem number one, there's no evidence red flag, red flag. It is really hard to say red flag laws for me. Reduce gun violence. So Connecticut, like we said, enacted the first one in 1999, followed by Indiana in 2005. And the and this means, you know, social science, they've had plenty of time to evaluate the effectiveness of these laws. And what they find? Well, according to the New York Times, recently reported that the extreme risk protection orders work to prevent gun violence is inconclusive, according to the RAND study, Corporation on the Effectiveness of Gun Measures. Washington Post reports that California's red flag went basically unused for two years after its passage in 2016. Other states, such as Florida and Maryland, have gone the other direction, seizing hundreds of firearms from gun owners, yet it's unclear if these actions actually stopped a shooting. With additional states passing it, researchers are going to have more time to analyze the data. But at this point in time, the amount of time red flag laws use is not substantial. Across the states that have had red flag laws, they are typically used about 100 times a year on average. Number two, Congress lacks the authority. This is a very good one. The Founding Fathers clearly enumerated the powers of federal government in the Constitution. Among the powers granted is 
in sec Article 1, Section 8, are the power to coin money, to regulate commerce, to declare war, to raise and maintain armed forces, and to establish a post office. Regulating farms is not among the powers listed in the Constitution. And in fact, um, the document expressly forbids the, the federal government from doing so in the Second Amendment. The word, and let's just remember, is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Number three, we have federalized them. Unlike the federal governments whose powers Jane Madison noted are few and defined, states possess powers that are numerous and indefinite. Seventeen states and the District of Columbia have already done red flag laws, and many more states are in the process. This shows that the people and the representatives are fully capable of passing such laws. So if red flag laws are deemed desirable, then it's appropriate to pursue such laws at the state level, but not but do they even pass constitutional muster? This is the one, this is the problem, this problem four is the one for me, which is the biggest problem. Well, biggest problem is red flag laws really have n no impact, but this one is, is they violate due process. The Constitution mandates that no one shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. Seizure of property of individuals who have been convicted of no crime violates this provision. Gun control advocates claim that due process is not violated because people whose firearms are taken can appeal to courts to reclaim their property. However, this, this, as economist Raheem Williams has observed, this backward process would imply that the Second Amendment is a privilege and not a right. Depriving individuals of a clearly established constitutional guarantee in the absence of criminal charges on a trial is an effort, is a front to civil liberties. And an example that shows why they don't work and why they violate due process was the FedEx shooter that we had recently. Last March, the police had confiscated a shotgun because the mother was concerned he would commit suicide by cop. The authorities never filed for an extreme risk protection order because if they released him, they would then have to return the shotgun, and they didn't want to. So he was never flagged, but they never returned his shotgun either. Red flag laws could lead to more violence. In 2018, two Maryland police officers shot and killed a 61-year-old man in his own house after waking him up at 5.17 a.m. The officers who were not harmed had been ordered to remove his guns from the home under the state's red flag laws, which had gone into effect one month prior. So, while red flag laws are designed to reduce violence, it's possible they could do the opposite by creating confrontations between law enforcement and gun owners. Problem number six. It's not just the mentally ill and grave threats who are flagged. In theory, red flag laws are supposed to target individuals who pose a threat to themselves or others. In practice, they can work quite differently. In a 14-page analysis, the American Civil Liberties Union of Rhode Island explained that few people understand just how expansive the state red flag laws. It is worth emphasizing that while a seeming urgent need for the law derives from recent egregious and deadly mass shootings, the law's reach goes far beyond any effort to address such extraordinary incidents. Individuals who find themselves involved in these proceedings often have no clear constitutional right to uh, counsel. As written, you know, a person who is subject to a, an extreme risk protection order without having committed or threatened a crime is an act of violence. Examples of this far-reaching ability of these laws is an example of a University of Central Florida student who was hauled into proceedings and threatened with a risk protection order for saying stupid things on Reddit following a mass shooting, even though the student had no criminal history and didn't own a farm. The student was also falsely portrayed as a ticking time bomb. Another man 
was slapped with an RPO for criticizing teenage gun control activists online and sharing a picture of an AR-15 he had built. Individuals who find themselves in these proceedings have no clear constitutional right to civil liberties, libertarians point out. And then the big number seven, they, they're basically pre-crime. As um, observed, reflective laws are essentially a form of pre-crime a theme explored in the 2002 Steven Spielberg Minority Report, and that's been a while since I've watched that movie. In an article that appeared in Salon, Travis Dunn linked Red Flag Laws to science fiction movie the scenario of the Minority Report, in which he, which precognitive police try to stop crimes before they're committed. That government can commit prevent crimes before they occur may sound like science fi, but the threat posed to similarities is quite real. If this sounds too far-fetched that the president recently called upon social media companies to collaborate with the Department of Justice to catch red flag using a, a algorithmic technology, the idea that governments can prevent crimes before they occur may sound like it, but the threat is quite real. Compromising civil liberties and property rights to prevent acts of violence that have yet to occur are, are policies more suited for dystopian thrillers and police states than a free society. There aren't any studies that show that red flag laws affect murder rates. Also from the USA Today, they outlined what happened in the FedEx shooting. They said the tragedy illustrates a fundamental truth about all of our laws. They're only as strong as society's will and capacity to implement them. This is true about our current gun laws. We don't need more gun laws. We just need to make the current ones work. There are so many problems with our NIC system. And also, another thing that I have preached on this uh, podcast over and over again is that we need to prosecute violent crimes by utilizing firearms more severely than we do today. That will help prevent future gun crimes and we're going after the criminals and not the innocent law-abiding citizens as the current gun control laws always try and do. They're, they're always trying to prevent crime before it happens. And they're trying to only punish those who abide by the law and not those that have broken it. So this is just a quick scenario of red flag laws. This is something that we, we're going to have to keep our eye out because it's, it's it's starting to heat up. And like I said, the order is out there for the Justice Department to create that model legislation and then pass that out to states. And then we've got two laws then on the books, one in the Senate and one in the House that says, okay, now we're going to, once this, we've given you this model legislation where you just basically put your name at the top and, and turn it in, then we're going to give you grants and money for actually enacting these laws. So now the federal government is going to be paying the states to create laws that they want to enforce that they can't do themselves. So it sounds like a common theme. Government's been using other proxies lately to get their dirty work done. And either with um, uh, the council culture, gun control, mass mandates, vaccine passports, all those types of things. So keep this on our radar. Be on the lookout for it. I'll put a link to this article in, in my show notes. And again, continue to share this podcast. Get the word out. We've, this is about action, action, action. We've got to contact our congressman. We've got to prevent this even at the state and local level. You've got to prevent these red flag laws from being put into place. So appreciate you listening and have a great uh, rest of your week.